I'm Tisha Bader, and in the news, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's visit to the United States for the United Nations General Assembly held in New York City, his address to the UNGA, and his meetings on the sidelines of the gathering with world leaders, including with U.S. President Joe Biden. Well, to discuss these events and their significance is former Israeli ambassador to the U.S., Dani Ayalon, speaking to us from Israel. Dani, it is always a pleasure and an honor to have you join us here on JBS. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Tisha. It's my pleasure. So let's start with the Netanyahu-Biden meeting. That is sort of the the dramatic um, event that people were waiting for. Prime Minister Netanyahu was certainly waiting for this meeting for a very long time. Um, Let's talk first about how it happened and how long it took for it to happen. This was not a meeting at the White House, as Netanyahu perhaps would have preferred, but it was on the sidelines of the UN, as I said, in a hotel um, in New York City near UN headquarters. What is your general take on how this meeting took place? Well, I think at the end of the day, it's a good thing and we should be forward looking. Um, you know, it's not a secret that uh, there was uh, quite a lot of uh, bad blood between the two leaders and uh, it took nine months actually for the meeting uh, to take place. Uh, it's very unusual. Usually when uh, a prime minister is uh, re-elected here, uh, or a president uh, for that matter in the United States, uh, the two leaders um, meet within two to three months from their taking office. Uh, it's very important uh, uh, for the two countries, of course, uh, much more for Israel. We are the, uh, uh, well, let's say the junior partner here, but it's a very important partnership. It's a natural partnership and uh, it serves both countries very well. Uh, from strategic point of view, security, intelligence. Um, and uh, I would say it's very important for the United States that uh, to keep uh, stability in the region. And for that matter, Israel is uh, the most dependable ally for that. Um, and uh, unfortunately, uh, this past nine months, there was a lot of, uh, let's say, um, acrimony almost between the two leaders, not the countries, the leaders, uh, because of uh, the judicial reform which the United States uh, and the administration sees it as a actually uh, a deviation from what Israel has always been proud of. It's a uh, uh, liberal Western uh, style pluralistic uh, democracy uh, and because of um, radical elements in the government, uh, Smotrich and Bender, two uh, um, ministers who have uh, been poking the United States in their eyes all the time and uh, making statements which were quite outrageous, I might say, and Netanyahu was not calling them into uh, into order to the extent that in Washington they were saying, well, is the prime minister leading or is being led by his junior par- partners in the coalition? If he's not leading, then there is no point of talking to him. He should... Uh, um, you know, um, have an order in his own uh, house. In that respect, for the last nine months, there was, and I think it's for the first time that I can really recall, that uh, Washington made a real distinction between the state of Israel and the government of Israel. Uh, when they had pretty much almost a boycott on the government, the relationship between the two, um, uh, let's say, um, systems, most notably the the defense establishment, 
was going very well and even getting closer. Uh, more intelligence sharing, uh, more um, joint exercises, Air Force to Air Force and many other things. And, um, and that was not the most healthy thing because although, you know, uh, we were keeping, uh, let's say, a good handle over the situation, but the fact that there is a daylight or more than a daylight between the two leaders of uh, the United States and Israel, it may be misconstrued by enemies of Israel as a, a signal or an opportunity to attack and deteriorate the situation. So it wasn't good. Uh, but this has been in the past. Now that they have met, although it wasn't in Washington, it was in uh, New York, um, now it's, um, I would say, almost uh, water under the bridge. Now we should really look ahead. And indeed, the meeting um, dealt with uh, the most uh, important issues. First of all, Iran, which has to be kept uh, at bay. And this is not uh, conclusive yet. We will have to wait and see. Maybe we can speak about it a little bit later. And then there was the Saudi Arabian deal, which uh, could change the entire Middle East, indeed, uh, the entire, um, I would say, um, global scene. Because peace between Israel and Saudi Arabia, which is the leader of the Arab world and the Muslim world, could really change things dramatically to the better. It could really be the best answer to Iran, to China, um, because uh, also part of the deal would be creating a corridor uh, between Asia and Europe through Saudi Arabia and through Israel. And, and that could be a huge um, uh, geopolitical coup for the United States, for Israel, and also for Saudi Arabia. So all these uh, issues were, de uh, were dealt with. Of course, uh, the Palestinian issue, because Israel would have to give something to the Palestinians at the demand, not only of uh, uh, quite, uh, I would say, uh, maybe counterintuitively, it's not just a demand from the Saudis, to give some gestures to the Palestinians, but also from the Democratic Party. The progressive elements in the Democratic Party would not sign or, or, or uh, subscribe to this uh, if there were no, not some conditions were met vis-a-vis uh, -vis, uh, the, the Palestinians. So there are a lot of issues to be dealt with, but uh, it's very important they, they met and now they can strategize together. And it seems like the Saudi issue was sort of the bridge that they needed, perhaps. I don't know if you agree with me to to have this sit down go as well as it did. It seemed like, well, th there's this larger issue at stake here and we really need to come together because, as you said, this could be a groundbreaking agreement if it, in fact, goes through. Sure. And uh, on top of the, uh, the, the uh, interests political, geopolitical, strategic, uh, economic, security uh, interests, which are so important for the three countries. It's, it's a huge benefit for the United States, for Israel, and for Saudi Arabia. But also from a uh, pure political point of view, uh, this is really uh, a, uh, a real uh, interesting intersection of uh, uh, national security and politics at the same time, because this is very important for the leaders themselves politically at home. Uh, 
uh, for President Biden, uh, he needs to show some um, major achievement. Um, you know, uh, certainly before the uh, upcoming elections. So uh, that could establish him as a uh, leader with great, um, let's say, um, achievement. Uh, also, of course, uh, stopping and countering the Chinese uh, expansion. Uh, it's very important for Netanyahu to um, change the agenda and the public discourse in Israel altogether from the internal uh, debates and the crisis to something which is uh, maybe uplifting even and forward-looking. And also it's important for the Saudis, basically the uh, MBS uh, needs it uh, to counter uh, once and for all Iran, although that they have exchanged embassies still. The mortal enemy of Saudi Arabia is Iran, so it's very important for them. So with this um, uh, merger, I would say, of uh, political interests and geopolitical interests of the countries, uh, this may be closer than ever before. And uh, now we just have to uh, wait and see. And Donnie, I'm curious what you think as far as the Palestinian issue, what might be the demand or what might Israel be willing to agree to in such an agreement vis-a-vis -vis the Palestinians? What are your thoughts of what that might look like? Well, what Israel might agree to uh, is not necessarily what uh, is um, in its interests. Uh -huh. And and here, I, I hope that uh, Netanyahu and I wrote about it, spoke about it a lot publicly, I hope here that Netanyahu will be strong enough to actually uh, put uh, aside narrow political interests of Ben Gvir and Smotrich and prefer over them the wider national interest of Israel. Uh, right now, from what uh, they say, Smotrich and Ben Gvir, they do not agree to anything. And of course, this is a non-starter. Um, what uh, the, the, both the United States and the, the Saudis expect is uh, first phase of settlement. Secondly, they would like to see a transfer of territory, not territory C, full control of Israel, to cede some of it to the Palestinians. Uh, more than that, they would like to open the uh, or reopen the uh, American consulate in Jerusalem, consulate for the Palestinians uh, to reopen the PLO office in Washington, D.C. On top of this, uh, a lot of um, um, economic aid to the Palestinians and uh, a commitment from Israel uh, for two-state solutions. This is quite a tall order, Isha, and um, irrespective of what uh, uh, the radicals in the government, the extremists, whether it's uh, Ben Gvir Smart, which say uh, this is something that we will have to look into from a uh, Israeli interest, and I'm not sure all these issues can be met quite as they have been uh, put forward. So this is one thing vis-a-vis -vis the Palestinians. There's another issue, which is the nuclear issue. Which is what? I'm sorry, Donnie. The nuclear issue, which is the Saudi demand for having a full independent uh, enrichment fuel cycle in Saudi Arabia. And this is something that I don't think Israel should and can agree to. 
Interesting. So there's a lot, as you said, perhaps a tall order in several areas that will have to be looked at and ultimately um, might uh, make it a little more difficult, but hopefully an agreement can be reached. Let's get to the judicial reforms a bit, as you touched upon. Um, We've seen in recent days, and we just concluded Yom Kippur, where you know, we 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 all take time to reflect and to look at the past year and what we can do better and how we can sort of extend a hand to those perhaps who we don't agree with. And it seems like the deep, deep discord is just continuing and becomes more and more painful as we go forward. Uh, we saw in Tel Aviv on the eve of Yom Kippur, a prayer service that was organized and there was a dispute as to whether there should be a, a gender barrier, a mechitza there by a religious group that organized the prayer and Tel Aviv, the Supreme Court ruled that there can be no barrier and there were confrontations between secular Jews and religious Jews. And it was really so painful to see from here. And I'm sure um, from within Israel, it's even more difficult to see those images and to hear about what happened and Israel's leaders calling for unity what do what is your take on the current situation? You've seen a lot of things over the years, Danny, as a diplomat, as an Israeli, as an ambassador. What do you make of where Israeli society is right now and what hope there is uh, hopefully in the near future? Well, Disha, this uh, first of all, I totally agree with you. It was very painful to watch for uh, Israelis, uh, well, Jews all over whether it's in Israel or, or abroad. And it's also a manifestation of the depth of the crisis in, in Israel. And here I must say it's a crisis which uh, was not called for and should not have happened. And it's a crisis that was started by uh, people in the government, like a justice minister, Yariv Levin, like uh, some of the ultra-Orthodox, the Haredi, and uh, some of the Smotrich and Benvir uh, people, and which actually took over the government. And again, I go, I refer back to what we discussed in the beginning. This is where, again, Netanyahu was not in the picture. This is not the prime minister I remember, that I have uh, known to and, uh, and, and, and I worked for many years back. It's a Netanyahu that is not in control. And what happened here with this, uh, it's not uh, the judicial uh, reform anymore. It's much more than that. It's a Pandora box, which has been opened. And actually, it it goes and it rubs Israeli the wrong way on so many sim lines. The Haredi um, secular line the right and left line, the um, 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 settlers and the non-settlers, uh, even to uh, to the uh, Sephardi and Ashkenazi. Everything is kind of in almost the perfect form is floating and and just in a almost uh, uh, like a, uh, a um, you know, a, a jet of all these nefarious things. Uh, I hope, I'm optimistic, 
And I, what I hope is that we will see a, a cleansing of all these things that may have been suppressed. But uh, one thing is certain is that this uh, reform cannot go on as uh, it uh, started. What I can uh, see also is that the government has the uh, to go the extra mile because the government is in control. This is leadership. I don't agree with everything that the opposition does, and uh, but it is for the government to extend its hand. And uh, and Netanyahu said, and he tells it that uh, he was. Uh, uh, extending his hand, but his hand was not met by the opposition. Not true. Not true. I can tell it from here. The, uh, if we could go back to the 4th of January of this year, when Mr. Levine, Levine the judicial, uh, the, the justice minister, started his reform, uh, if we could go back to that moment and rethink together, it's not that we don't need reforms, but let's do it together. And also, there is something here which we all must understand. Yes, this government, this coalition, won fairly and squarely the elections. It's a legitimate government. However, elections with occasional majority in the Knesset does not give the coalition and the government the right to change the rules of the game. Elections is about who is going to manage the game, but not to change the rules of the game. To change the rules of the game, you must have consensus. And uh, at this point, unfortunately, and we saw it over Yom Kippur, everything has become political, even the most sacred day in Judaism. Everything is political, and we have to depoliticize things. And to do that, the first step, as I see it, comes from the government. And it's interesting, Donnie, getting back to President Biden's sit down with Prime Minister Netanyahu, the judicial reform was touched upon. And while it may not be written in any sort of as part of any sort of agreement um, with the Saudis, do you think, though, there might be some uh, unwritten understanding between Biden and Netanyahu that this crisis has to be resolved before such an agreement can be reached? Is there something to that? Well, there was no reference, uh, and there wouldn't be any reference. Uh, and I'm sure in the uh, in the one-on-one, uh, -on -one, this thing was discussed. But uh, I, I can tell you from, although on the face of it, these are two not related issues. I mean, the judicial reform is an internal Israeli issue. Yeah. And one would say, and I agree, that it's up uh, to the Israelis to solve it and we don't need any aid from the outside. The United States is our best friend and ally, but uh, you know we should deal with it ourselves. However, I can tell you that the United States is not like any other country when it comes to Israel. And um, try to trying to be objective, what the Americans say, and I hear a lot of the, the talk in conversation in Washington D.C. is that. They do not meddle in Israeli uh, domestic affairs. They do not tell Israelis uh, what reform, uh, how much, when to do a reform. This is not the case. What do they say? What is the message? The consistent message from the United States, from Biden all the way down 
is just reach a consensus. When you do such major change, reach a consensus. And why do we have the right to tell you that to reach a consensus? Not only because Israel's security is dear to us, it's also an important interest of the United States that Israel will continue to be the strongest nation in the region. The United States has invested hundreds of billions of dollars in that. It's also an American interest, but they do not want this just to go uh, uh, thrown into the uh, into the um, you know the, the, the sideline, because if Israel is not united, and united is not necessarily not having a political discourse, it's it's fine. Um, unity is not uniformity. We will never be uniform, but un united that means in the very same elements of you know, um, ascribing to the same narrative, to the same values, to the same Jewish, you know, uh, uh, future uh, based on our our uh, Jewish uh, past and, 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 and legacy. What do they say? If you're not united, then the, you are seen, as we also discussed it, you are seen uh, less uh, uh, strong, weaker, which can tempt all those nefarious elements in the region to attack you. And we already see the gloating in Iran, the gloating in Gaza, in Lebanon with the, the Hezbollah, when uh, they are just, you know, laughing at, at Israel. They couldn't believe. They say they're doing the work, the, the, the work for us. And this is where the United States concern is, because they say we need a strong Israel, which can reflect the deterrence over any of the enemies of the United States and Israel, being Iran, uh, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Hamas, Hezbollah, and, and all that. And for that, it is very important for us to tell you reach a consensus. And I think this is a fair, let's say, expectation from the United States. And I say it now as an Israel. We need to do this in a consensus, as we mentioned before. Election is not about changing the game. It's about the rules of the game, but not changing the game altogether. And to do that, we need a consensus. Donnie, it's so interesting and in how all these issues, even the ones that are separate, do have uh, connections to each other. And I just want to go back to uh, to the UN and to Biden and Netanyahu for a moment. Um, you said that you know, it's water under the bridge that it took so long. Now we're moving forward, uh, working towards this possible normalization with Saudi Arabia, which, as you mentioned, could be history absolutely uh, in the making. And maybe we'll just shift something in in what we're seeing now, even with the judicial reform, even with all the conflict, perhaps this will be the thing that gives a bit of a shift to the current situation. Yes, and uh, as, as I told you, Tisha, I'm an optimist. I believe that out of this crisis, uh, we will go much stronger. Maybe with the new understanding, with the new um, domestic and the civil understanding between the ultra-Orthodox and the secular, uh, between all segments 
of Israeli society. If, uh, and this can be reached. You know, what unites us is so much, so much more important and so much larger than what separates us because our enemies, they do not distinguish between a Sephardi Jew, an Ashkenazi Jew, a leftist Jew, right-wing Jew, and, 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 and this is why we should understand. And, uh, and for that, we need, uh, of course, leadership on all sides. Leadership on all sides. I told you that there is this extra mile, the extra, let's say, weight on the government because they have the power, they have the budgets, they have in control, they have the... But uh, I also hope that the, in the opposition, there also will be some, uh, some reckoning and uh, we should not just uh, 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 cross a point of no return. And, uh, and, and this is where, where we are today. We've had Yom Kippur, which was a, the best day for reflection. I'm not sure that this day was used properly by all sides, but there is always a, uh, a second chance. And um, as I told you, we will, uh, we will go through it and not only will survive it, but we will try it. I, I add my hope to your optimism as well, Danny. And it's always such a pleasure to have you on JBS. We, we have you as Whenever we can get you, we will take you because your experience and knowledge is is so valuable. And uh, wishing you a shana tova, gmar chatima tova, and hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you, shana tova to all of uh, the people of Israel and Am Israel Dani Ayalon is the former Israeli ambassador to the United States. We thank him so much for his time today. And thank you, as always, to our director, Sloan Copeland, to our transmissions manager, John McDevitt, technical manager, Michael Paley, producer, Carol Lilienthal, and thank you for watching In the News.